In a new study looking at the sex lives of 16 to 18 year olds, researchers at the school interviewed 130 men and women aged 16 to 18 from across England to understand more about the circumstances around anal intercourse and any implications these might have for health. Study author Dr. Cicely Marston, who leads the 1618 project at the school, told us more. So we had a, a total of 130 young people in our study altogether, and that was in a mixture of one-to-one interviews, and um, we also did group interviews. We worked in London and a city in the north of England, and also in a rural area in the southwest. I mean, we were just trying to get as, as big a diversity as possible within England. So the, the paper that's just coming out now is about anal sex. And the reason that we looked at anal sex was because, well, obviously it's asexual practice, but we had noticed in the first set of interviews that a lot of the young people were reporting either having had anal sex or attempting or just generally talking about it. And so... Is that un- unprompted? Yes. Uh, we had tried to be as open as possible about what was a sexual practice. So we didn't want to impose on them what we thought a sexual practice was. And so we kind of left it very open and we asked them what they considered to be sexual and whether they had engaged in anything that they would consider to be sexual and so on. And so that was the context in which anal sex or anal practices had been raised. Basically, we found that there was quite an oppressive environment being described where it seemed quite normal that... or people seemed to consider it normal that women would find anal sex very painful for a start. So that was a kind of a a thing that everyone talked about, that women would find it painful. And then the other thing that was talked about a lot was the idea that... this idea that you would need to kind of push a woman into having anal sex. And so the idea of asking over and over and over and over again until she said yes. Or in some cases where... They, they were actually having vaginal intercourse and then the, the man had slipped and they had been penetrated anally in that way. And so they described it in that way. They described it as a slip. And so there were obviously certain... In those cases, the women hadn't been able to give consent because they didn't even know that it was about to happen. So there was a kind of a, just an overall sense of, of anal sex being something that was, that was for the benefit of the men only, that the women... There was also something that they talked about, which was this idea that if you're you're used to it, then it's something that women might like. And so there was another sense that where the women did find it painful, that it was their fault, that it was because they were naive, they were not relaxed enough, that they were were sort of just not sexually mature enough in some way. So there was this kind of... There was this constant thing about very little talk of mutual enjoyment or mutually deciding whether or not to engage in anal practices. There was one woman that we interviewed who, who described enjoying anal sex. So it wasn't the case that, that women just didn't like it, but she was the only one. There, there was a sense among the men that it was a kind of, you know, it was a sort of a, a box to tick, as it were, you know, that it was a, like another practice to kind of tick off the list that they might do even if they didn't really feel like doing it. Um, but actually, quite a few of the men, when we asked them about the physical pleasure they had felt or not felt during anal sex, they didn't always say it straight away, but often, as, you know, as the conversation developed, they would talk about not really enjoying it physically very much. And so there wasn't really a sense of anyone actually enjoying it that much. <laughs> it seems that there is, there's pressure, on, on the, obviously, on the women, but also some kind of cultural pressure on the men. You talked about ticking boxes. Is, mm. is, have we seen a, a shift in our cultural attitudes to this, to anal sex, over the last generation, do you think? 
yeah, I, I mean, I, don't, I can't tell you what, whether or not it was something that was more acceptable or less acceptable in the past. I mean, certainly the um, recent National Survey on Sexual Attitudes and Lifestyles has reported an increase in in people report, young people reporting having had anal sex in the, in the previous year. So it might be that it is becoming more popular. And of course, we don't know whether it is or whether just people are reporting it more. But if it is the case, then it might be also seen as more like something that one would do. You know, obviously, if you know more people who've done it, then that might make you think that it's something that you should do yourself. And does that make some of the respondents more inclined to say that they have done it when they haven't? So, so they've kind of more socially accepted it? Uh, well, it's possible that they say that to their friends. I mean, whether they say that at interview or not, of course, is never, it's never that easy to tell. I mean, people often ask me whether or not I think people are telling the truth in interviews, particularly about sex. And, and I think and my response to that is always that when people, we ask people to tell sort of stories, if you like, about their lives. Obviously, when you do that, you always tell a certain type of story. I mean, you don't usually tell your story to put yourself in a bad light, for instance, or you don't usually so, and then I coerce this person into having a sexual experience with me. Whether or not those stories are based on what you might call the truth is difficult to know. But I think from my experience, it, well, from, the, from reading the interviews, I think it's unlikely that among our interviewees, we had people who were telling us that they had had anal sex when they hadn't, just because of the level of detail that's provided in the accounts. Did you find any differences in the three different regions that you were looking into? In terms of anal sex, we didn't. In fact, there weren't any clear patterns in our data at all. You know, there was no obvious difference in class or in, 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 to the extent that we did have different ethnic groups represented. We didn't see any difference there. But this, of course, isn't a, this isn't a population representative survey that we did. And so we haven't really got enough cases to be able to say that there's that there's definitely no difference or that there definitely is a difference. And it might be that there are sexual cultures that develop within certain groups of friends, for instance, that maybe we have represented in our data and maybe there are other groups where something different is going on. There are anecdotal reasons to believe that different ethnic groups have slightly different sexual practices, not necessarily in terms of anal sex, but in terms of other practices. And so that's one possible future research direction. And what about the public health implications? Well, for me, the main public health implications of the work that this, uh, the work on anal sex, are to do with the coercive element of anal sex and the fact that it seems that there isn't really any discussion of women's desires or pleasure or uh, even their rights to bodily integrity in in terms of the ways that the anal sex is being discussed. I mean, we it it seemed that a lot of the men were discussing the women pretty much as a collection of holes to be penetrated. And that obviously has major public health implications. If the women themselves are being penetrated without their consent, for instance, or if they're, if they're giving consent um, on the understanding that they have a particular relationship when they don't or whatever, I mean, the, the mental health implications are uh, one aspect of it. And also, obviously, there, are, there, are, there is the possibility of um, transmission of sexually transmitted infections through anal sex as well, as well. So, you know, clearly if there's more anal sex going on, then there's more possibility for, for unprotected anal sex to be a route for disease transmission. But in terms of, of our, our own interpretation, I would say that the, the far more problematic is the coercive element. And is that the thing which surprised you most about, about the study? Because I've been working in sexual health for a long time and uh, doing work on, on sexual cultures or social aspects of sexual behaviour I'm sorry to say it didn't surprise me because coercion is a, a feature that often comes up in, in different studies 
I suppose what, one of the things that I did find disturbing was the extent to which the, the discussions about anal sex were purely about how women would find it painful and how, uh, how it seemed to be completely normalised that women would be um, asked over and over again to, to engage in a practice that their partners thought would hurt them. So, I mean, it's one thing to think, oh, well, this could be enjoyable and we could both enjoy it and we can explore it together. I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with, with that kind of approach. And we're certainly not saying that young people shouldn't have anal sex or anything like that. But in terms of how it, how it was done and, or how it was talked about, I think that was, that was what was kind of, well, more disappointing than, than you might hope. <laughs> I suppose now that you have that information, something can be done with that information so that which can empower the young women to know that it's not, in inverted commas, normal to be asked, to be coerced, and they have a view. Well, I think it's more than that because a lot of the women actually said, oh, well, my boyfriend's, um, my boyfriend's very understanding. I can always say no to him, as though that was the only choice they had, you know, that he was asking them to have anal sex and they said no, and that was... And the fact that he then didn't have anal sex with them was an example of why he was a nice man. Not that they didn't say, oh, my boyfriend's not a rapist. I mean, that, that wasn't how they said it. And I just, I found that very, very disappointing as well, that that, that, would, that it was such a low bar for a, what was considered to be a kind of a, a, a positive aspect of the relationship. And I suppose that's, that's part of the thing that's disappointing is that it's, it is one of the things that I think is we have a duty to do as society is to talk about these issues so that there is that possibility of, of talking about it within relationships as well. And, and to, to, I mean, we, we as a society tell young men that women are objects, that they should be having sex with as many women as possible, that, um, you know, women's looks are the most important thing and how they should be judged. And, you know, we can't expect as a society that, that men and women growing up in that kind of environment will then not take that to heart to some extent. And so, you know, if we, if we continue with these, those kind of messages, then we can't be surprised if men act accordingly and maybe treat the, treat the women as though they are objects and that they, they are just a, um, something to be penetrated and then to tell their friends about.